Hey, this is Brian Gallagher from Young Scuba Divers in Donegal, Ireland. You're listening to the Big Scuba Podcast with Gemma and Ian. Hello and welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast. This is Gemma and we are on episode 16 talking to Bren Gallagher from Donegal in Northwest Ireland on the Atlantic coast. He's a young man, very passionate about his diving, so he's going to tell us how he got into it and how much he loves it. Um, he will talk about yeah the amazing uh, wildlife that he sees um, and he, he, he just has a love for that area. But it is shared with Jack Cousteau, who said some of the best diving in the world is at the north side of the Dingle Peninsula, where the Atlantic Ocean meets the Brandon Mountains in a landscape of exceptional beauty. So there you have it from the words of Jacques Cousteau. So enjoy the episode and I'll catch up with you a bit later. You. I'm not too bad, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, so I go by uh, Bren through social media, and then, uh, or Bren or Brendan. So are you Rowan Gallagher? Yeah, um, that, that, that's like my, you know, personal name, but I use my uh, confirmation name for Young Scuba Divers. Oh, that's good. Well, it's really kind of you to uh, join us on this little big chat. <laughs> So how long have, how did you get into scuba diving or what's your story? Yeah, so um, I've, I've always been huge on the water. And when I was living back in England, I used to spend all my time sitting at home. So I've, I didn't live near the coast. That was my problem because I spent all the time I could in the water and uh, a RLS lifesaver. And then we went on holiday to Lanzarote and I'd seen the dive school right in the beach. And, you know, <laughs> I managed to convince my parents to first me do a discover scuba. Little did they know I was, you know, I knew I was doing a course. And then I traded in my birthday and Christmas presents to get them to uh, <laughs> let me do the course. It was inside you that you, you knew you wanted to do it then. Yeah, I've I've always wanted to, you know, seeing it on TV, watching Jack Cousteau when I was a bit younger, you know. He inspired quite a lot of people, Jack Cousteau. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He's, you know, he did some incredible stuff. Yeah. So how old were you when you started, or well, when you qualified? So when I qualified, I just turned 14. Wow. So, so when I, uh, I, you know, so I was qualified in Lanzarote, and when we came back over to England, I was evaluated by a, another paddy dive centre to check that I've, you know, been trained properly, and they said that was fine. And then they said, We'd, you know, we're happy for you to come and dive with us now in England. And I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds great, sounds great. Um, so where can we dive? And they said, uh, there's, a, there's a quarry nearby. And I, it just never took my fancy. So in the end, I flew to Ireland and started diving here. Just like that? <laughs> just like that. that. That's, I have, despite living in England for a serious portion of my life, including two years where I, where I was a qualified diver, I have never dived in England. Wow. I, I, de- I definitely want it at some point, but, you know, yeah. it's very much been Ireland. So why the attraction with Ireland? Is it the sea diving or river diving? Yeah, so in Ireland, 
we're um we're right on the Atlantic where the in particularly where I am in Donegal um it's quite well known through uh Europe so we have some really really clear waters in the in the peninsulas mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the World War II wrecks you know U-boats uh just ships everywhere so that's definitely a huge draw for me yeah so how many dives have you logged up um at the minute I'm looking at about 50 but mm-hmm. I've you know, recently moved back to Ireland and um, I was supposed to start the diving season again until Corona happened. But, you know, as soon as soon as it's back up and running, I'll be diving almost every weekend. So is it part of your job that you can combine with diving or is it just as a recreational side of things? So at the minute, I'm still, you know, a student, but is but diving has very much taken over a lot of that. So for my GCSEs, I had to do a speech in school. And this was my first week in a new school, and I talked to the whole class about diving for about half an hour. Um, but yeah, in the future, I think I'll keep diving and uh, my job probably separate because I'm thinking I'm looking to do medicine. But I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind doing. There's a Dan internship for dive medicine. That's over a summer, so I wouldn't mind applying for that when I'm a bit older. All sorts of things, medical-wise, that you can yeah use yeah. within the diving world. There's so many paths yeah. you can take, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing about diving, mate. You never know where it's going to lead you. You know, when you start get, going down the different, like, the professional, technical, and, you know, it opens all sorts of doors, doesn't it? Yeah, 100%. Um, we went to Mexico during the summer, just, you know, the summer passed for a friend's wedding. And before we had even taken off, I had booked, I think it was five dives in uh, the Yucatan Peninsula with a German guy I knew from my instructor who runs a dive light company. Right. So he brought me, you know, he was a cave diver. So he took me down and he kind of showed me the world of caves. And I cannot even, uh, I'd never been interested in it before, but now I'm just, I've just bought my first bit of sideband gear. I'm going to start doing that. And then in a few years when I'm, you know, when I know that I'm ready and more experienced, I'm going to go for a full cave here in Ireland. Yeah. I saw a picture of your cave uh, diving yeah. on your Instagram. Yeah. It was one of the single best experiences of my life. Yeah, especially Andy Torbett. I've seen you spoke to him. Um, yes. I had a couple of chats with him over Instagram, and he's, you know, definitely been a huge inspiration. You know, like, you know, I, there's, a lot, there's a lot of actual sea caves in Ireland, and um, the most famous would be in Doolin. Uh, but there's a lot in Donegal which haven't actually been explored. So in the future, you know, I wouldn't mind possibly checking them out. There's, it's, it's not a feeling that you can describe until you, you know, it's just something about it. Yeah, so have you travelled all over the world diving or has it just been Mexico and Ireland? So I'm obviously limited due to school holidays and all that kind of stuff. But any, anywhere we'll ever go, I will dive. So before lockdown happened, uh, in the summer I was due to go to Greece and I was mm-hmm. going to dive in Crete for a bit. There were some wrecks there I wanted to do. And do you know what? I have actually never managed to fully dive a wreck. It's always eluded me. I've been on wreck dive. I was on my first wreck dive, right? I was just testing out my new dry suit. And the, it was also my first night dive. The water was so murky and dark in this one particular place. We couldn't find the wreck. And we searched for about 40 minutes. We could not find the wreck. So, well, you'll get there eventually, hopefully. <laughs> it's just when all this is yeah. over and we can travel again. As, as soon as lockdown's over, I'll be you know, straight back out there. Mm, yeah. I'm actually by the sea at the minute, so it's like it's like it's calling me and uh, taunting me. 
I can actually see my favourite dive site from my room. And that's the worst dud. You've obviously got an Instagram account. Do you use that to try and promote scuba diving to other youngsters? Yeah. So one thing that I was quite shocked about when I first came to Ireland, or not first, but moved back to Ireland, is I got two very different reactions from people when I talked about scuba diving. It was A, oh yeah, I know somebody who does that, but I don't know much about it. And then there was B, can you do that in Ireland? You know, is, is it mm-hmm. not too cold? And, you know, especially from diving here a lot myself, I've noticed there, I, I know only one person who I'd say would be close to my age, and he's about 18. And, you know, there's, there's not many young scuba divers in Ireland itself. And I, you know, I just want to share it with everyone. So my idea that I can try and get more and more young people, you know, start out with my friends and just move out further through social media into diving, whether that's in Ireland, England, or, you know, literally anywhere. Have you found it quite positive? Yeah, I haven't, you know, I haven't really received any negativity about it. A lot of people seem to think, you know, it's a good idea. And, you know, Ireland has a lot to say. So, you know, there's no point just wasting it. You know, I, I certainly haven't heard people talk about Ireland as a scuba destination no it's, it's good that you, you're trying to do something about that and sort of bring it you know raise the profile up. i always like to think of donegal as uh ireland's hidden gem so yeah. uh, you know when you think of ireland you'll think of maybe dublin or you know maybe even belfast northern ireland that kind of thing not many people see donegal and i think that's absolutely mad because and I, this is my honest opinion i think it's one of the most beautiful places in the world above and below the waterline you know there's a there's a lot of really really amazing stuff to see whether that's just nature you know the people the experiences the food is unbelievable <laughs> well the sea and, down there you know in between in between you know the rhc is quite a uh, yeah. famously you know, rough around from donegal um is where the british navy sunk most of the german u-boats and yeah. also a lot of uh, cargo ships would have come through here so a lot of them have been sunk as well and then we also have the coral reefs, and every year we um, we welcome bottlenose and pilot dolphins, as well as whales and uh, the uh, basking shark. So, have you seen any of those kind of up close while you've been diving? I remember my first my first dive, or the first guy I ever called about diving in Ireland before I'd moved over. I says, "What's the chances of seeing a basking shark?" And he says to me, "In 16 years of diving, I've never seen one." My first boat dive out with him to a place called Tory Island. We, uh, we'd finished the dive and we were about to head home. And we'd just seen these fins come out of the water. And we were thinking, oh, amazing dolphins. We'll go have a look. And we came up and just on the, alongside the rib was, I'd say, easily eight, nine meter long basking shark. Oh, you know, it, it was easily huger than the boat. And, you know, he just, he just looked at me and I says, so have you never seen one then? I can... Uh, Thinking back, I can still see it just coming past the side of the boat. You know, it was, it was one of those moments you'll always remember. And then another dive, funnily enough, at, at the site just behind me. Um, I was down at about 27 metres, finishing off a paddy advanced to open water. And it was, it, was, it was a really, really strange day. The water was actually warm to the point, because I didn't have my dry suit at this point. So normally in Ireland, I'd be pretty cold at this, you know, by the end of the dive. And... You know, it, there was something weird. The water was a lot clearer than usual. You could see from miles. And I was physically warm, which was strange. And then out of the corner of my eye, I seen a bit of movement. And just with the camera in my hand, I just kind of leant over. And these two dolphins just came flying past us. Wow. You often see them. And then to see two, two turn up. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, I, 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 did two dive, I did two ocean dives while I was in Mexico mm. and I, I saw one shark. And yet, you know, I genuinely think in Ireland I've seen more things that I really liked. Yeah. Where did you go in Mexico? Did you run the cenotes? Yeah. I, so I booked the five days of diving. I did two dives in the ocean on one of the days, which, yeah. you know, it was, it was nice. But the problem in Mexico is um, there's actually a lot. There's a white coral infection. So a lot of, the, I'd say 60% of the coral has died. Nice. And then also another thing that they don't publicize is during the summer in the last few years, seaweed has broken off from the ocean bed and washes up onto the shore. That really? then, rot, you know, by the beaches, it's, it's her, you know, you'd be going outside and you'd be feeling sick. And, but you once you get like plastic waste on the beaches and that, you too, sort of. I genuinely thought there would be, but every beach I went to was actually quite clean. Although one thing, uh, the guy I died with there, uh, is a guy called Tillman Steinberger from Germany. Mm. And he said, he said some things to me that were, you know, I'd, I'd never forget them. And I remember uh, we came up to the entrance of Cenote. It was just further down the road. Yeah. And there was a cycling race going on. So he had a quick chat with the police and they actually agreed that we could drive behind the bikes um, because they you know, failed to tell anyone. And one thing we saw is the cyclists were taking these bottles of water that they had yeah. and they were just firing them as soon as they were finished with them out into the road. And he looked at me and he says, they won't be picked up. I will promise you that, which I, mm. I thought was mad, which, you know, it's weird because in Mexico, especially Cancun, there's a real contrast towards plastics. So there was obviously yeah. stuff like that. But at the same time, um, what I've noticed is the mayor or, yeah, the mayor or one of the senior politicians put a ban on plastic bags for a lot of supermarkets. So a lot yeah. of them had cut down lo local shops and food places were doing that as well. So it was, it was quite strange. Yeah. So you were you keen photographer as well? I do, yeah. So anything I film, I'll normally put up on there maybe a couple of snippets on the Instagram. Mm. But yeah, photography, especially while I was in England, because I wasn't by the water a lot. So photography was definitely a way of me, you know, being with nature, kind of. What camera do you use? So at the minute I'm using a Canon DSLR, right. which is pretty perfect for me because it's nice, small and compact. But, you know, it's got some high quality shots. No, so that would be, that would be my camera for above water. And then mm -hmm. underwater, any, most photos that will be taken of me will be by um, a buddy of mine. Um, Nicky Jackson, who hands down would be one of the best underwater photographers I've ever seen. So, you know, big, big shout out to him because he gives me most of the content for my pages. A any photos or videos that I take are on a GoPro, which I've fitted onto a um, kind of like a handlebar rig, and then I fitted a light to the bottom of it. So you kind of made yeah. your own kit up? Yeah, so, you know, I, I had the GoPro before, and then, you know, I, I used that for a lot of underwater and above water and surfing and whatever. And then I kind of brought all the different bits of kit together to make what I quite liked. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's light, it's easy, and it works for me, you know. You were really young when you, you know, got started in diving. Um, yeah. For people who might listen to this who are thinking about diving, they're, you know, they're 13. Um, my son mm. is 13. Um, okay. You know, uh, although he's done a little bit in the pool. What would you yeah. say to someone like yourself who now, you know, sin you on youtube and they're yeah you know, what they're thinking about taking up diving what's your advice to someone who's going to be following your steps do it a hundred percent do it it is the best thing you'll ever do yeah and you know you've got to be very careful about it at the same time 
because uh, one thing I remember from my open water course is my dad was saying to the instructor, you know, he doesn't seem to be scared of it. Whereas, you know, my dad always says he wouldn't manage one meter, never mind 30. Um, um, and we die? Do they die? No, none of my, no, no member of either side of my family dies and none of them understand why I like it. They said they love seeing the photos, but they hate me doing it. They, you get me into snorkeling, then they can see. Yeah, I've had a few of them in snorkeling, but a lot of them wouldn't be too keen on that either. People just starting out, just take things slowly, do your speciality courses in between so you can build up your knowledge and yeah. just generally dive, get up the experience. And then... And who, who did you dive with? Who's the agency you was with? Yeah, so originally I trained with Paddy and then I... While I was still living in England, I was flying over to Ireland to do my Paddy Advanced. So I did that to get my uh, deep diver for 30. And then I have now switched over to SSI, and that's how I'm going to be doing my... So I'm doing the SSI Advanced, which requires me to do my dry suit, which I've done, um, my rescue. So my rescue diver will be my next course once lockdown's over. Right. I'm getting my nitrox and... Have you done Advanced on Paddy to you? Certified to, to at the moment thirty meters. Take it. Yeah, so thirty meters, and then I um as, as soon as I think I'm ready, I will do my paddy forty, tech forty, and then I just want to keep keep going. Yeah, it's, well, it's yeah. great that you you've got your you know you know what you want because you enjoy yeah. it so much. Yeah, I, I literally live, breathe, and speak diving. Um, mo most of my friends, we actually know I have a long running joke. I'll just turn around and go, "Hey, did I tell you I'm a diver?" And they'll normally go, "Yeah." <laughs> so, uh, where you know, what's the plan then? So, once you uh, you get that, are you going to go down the tech route or teaching route? I'm thinking mostly both. So, I definitely want to get my cave done, my side mount, which will be technical side mount, and then I want to go deeper as well because Donegal, especially, the deeper you go, you see some different stuff. So, I think there's a wreck maybe at about almost a hundred meters, and that's a almost pristinely preserved U-boat from Germany. Which, yeah, and there's some amazing dives. And then obviously there's the blue hole in, um, in Egypt, which I wouldn't mind diving, which my instructor qualified to 80 meters on that dive. So I wouldn't yeah. mind checking. Out. But I definitely, when I turn 18, I do want to get my instructor. And then I wouldn't do it full time, but it is something I definitely like to do. Yeah. Would you consider like going abroad and you know, to, for a couple of years and instruct in a court or anything like that? So at the minute, what I'm trying to do is, ideally, I'll get into medical school once okay. I finish, once I finish my A-levels and my GCSEs. Yeah. And then from there, obviously, I get a break during the summer. So I think I'll probably go somewhere nice and maybe teach for a little bit, build up some money for uni. Yeah. And then, you know, I, one thing I've always said is, I want to get as many people my age involved. So one way I definitely want, you know, the best way I can think to do that is to teach them myself when, you know, obviously when I'm at that level. Yeah, and obviously part of the podcast, our aim is to, you know, encourage young divers or people to try it. And, you know, in particular girls as well, because it is quite male orientated as well. Yeah. Do yeah. you find that? Uh, yeah, I can, I can find, I can understand why people would say that. But on, on the one hand, while most of the divers that I would know would be male, I every every single time diving every time I'm looking around I'm seeing more and more women you know coming yeah, through that's, that's good. I, yeah and I've actually spoken to uh, uh, Scuba Grace who I think was on here as well yeah, yeah. You know, she's obviously doing a great job she's doing you know a similar thing to myself getting she's a young diving ambassador 
and she's getting a lot more people into it too. And then she's obviously representing the women as well. So that's, you know, definitely great to see. Yeah, no, it's great to see, you know, people so young, you know, so dedicated to it and just... How did you, how did you manage to talk, talk the money side out as well? Because scuba diving, it's not a cheap one. You managed to get like, because um, you're doing a paper round and stuff like that when you, you know, when you first got yeah. started. Yeah, so scuba diving breaks my heart. It absolutely breaks my heart and breaks my bank account. Yeah. <laughs> scuba diving? Yeah, so um, in fact, I'm actually wearing the hoodie now. This is Ross Nyla Surf School and I work there for my summers normally, you know, so that's great. I just, you know, work out for the van and then that would be how I'd build up a lot of money and then, you know, Christmas, birthdays, doing, you know, just jobs whenever people are looking for it. And then I put that towards diving and then also parents, you know, for my birthdays or Christmas or whatever, I, I normally say, listen, no gifts, just save it for the next time I want a course. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. obviously I'm just starting out and I brought my oh, yeah. pins, mask and snorkel and yep, kit yep. bag yesterday, I ordered it, and yes, mm-hmm. that takes a little bit of a chunk of money away. <laughs> yeah. But it lasts, doesn't it? Yeah, fin, you know, I was always told when I was asking about gear, you can pay a tiny amount or not tiny but you know quite a small amount of money for a bit of gear or you can pay thousands and thousands and you know and in the end the difference is a lot of it is how long it'll last and how safe it'll keep you because mm. at the end of the day while diving the risks have gone down with training and you know at the end of the day if you know what you're doing and you keep calm you know you reduce the risk of anything going wrong and not being able to handle it dramatically but at the end of the day it is you and that tank and the air coming through it so if your rag fails or whatever, you do need, you know, you need your kit to be there. You need it to be in good condition. Well, there's, there's risks for all these things. There's risks for getting on the yeah. bus. There's a risk crossing yeah. the road and things. But um, yeah. with diving, you know, the risk is a controlled risk because of your exactly. train and the people that you're with. And um, and yeah. having a good buddy uh, definitely helps. Yeah. So, uh, but there's always yeah. risks things, but your training will help you manage them risks and your, your gear. So what gear... You know, when you're thinking round and you, you know money only goes so far, what was the yeah. kit that you first bought? You know, what was your first, what was your target? And, you know, for somebody who's listening to you, yeah, that dive in, they're thinking, well, blimey, you know, all yeah. this stuff is so expensive. What would you yeah. recommend? Maybe the three things to buy first to get to get people started. So the first thing I would say to do is get qualified because you need to know that you really want to be this. You you wanna you wanna be you want to decide what kind of diver you're going to be. So you want to know if you're going to be a holiday diver who, you know, who will, you know, who will go away. They won't dive where they live, but they'll go away on holiday. And, you know, if there's a dive, if there's a dive center nearby, they might do a couple of dives. Or if you're going to be kind of like a club diver who is, you know, who's once their gear, you know, they want to dive in their local area. They want to go abroad, do the same. Um, so once you've decided that you really want to do this and you want your gear, then, you know, talk to your paddy professional, obviously or not your instructor or whoever you're with the first thing i would say to go for would be your mask and snorkel and your fins you know and then the rest the rest the rest of it you can rent one thing i've always been told is your bc in the uk i in the uk and ireland i will dive with a dry suit so unless i'm on the surface my bc more or less becomes redundant one thing i've always been told is your bcd is a sack of air at the end of the day you know it will do the same job as a you know a cheap one or a more expensive one so I'd say put that further back. Your tanks, again, you can rent them. But one, I'd say while it is expensive, um, this one bit of gear, especially in the, you know, 
it can be expensive, but I say it's worth every single penny I've ever paid for it. Get a dry suit. I I love my dry suit. Like I cannot. I I have a sea skin uh, trilaminate, which is telescopic. So well, actually, big big tip here: if you're uh, if you're still growing, make sure to get trilaminate with a telescopic torso, so you can actually loosen it. As you grow. So that's that's a little tip. I so how, t- how tall are you? I am about five nine. I, I've got a bit left to go, but my you know it's a good suit and it keeps me nice and warm and dry. And I I haven't extended it too much yet, so I should have a little bit left to go. How it works is I'll obviously just don the dry suit in the unclipped position. And what it is is around the waist there is an overlap, so the material folds over itself and then it's clipped in position. So you can loosen that clip and then it will just make the suit literally just it'll expand it at the, the chest. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah so that yeah. We kind of need a dry suit like that after Christmas dinner, really, don't we? But it's kind of telescopic out from the from the yeah. front. Well, there'll be a yeah. lot of people after this lockdown thinking, "What's my dry suit yeah. like? Will the dry suit still work? Still fit after the lockdown?" Pretty. Yeah, I, I I would not want to be somebody who services gear after this because they are just going to get an absolute wave of you know regulators and whatever. But it's actually a good point, you know, that um, you've you've said, and uh, especially for parents because dry yeah. suits are. They're probably one of the most expensive pieces of kit that Very you have much. to invest in. In fact, me and Gemma already thought about this earlier. And sea, sea skin. Um, I I love. I'm very much in love with sea skin because they they have very very competitive prices, and then they also do a lot of custom fits. So they'll okay. you know they'll custom fit the suit and the seals to you, but then they'll also allow that room for growth, mm. which I th- I think is brilliant. Yeah, we're brilliant. all different shapes and sizes, aren't we? Yeah. So- yeah, so uh, make sure to check out, check out Young Scuba Divers on uh, Instagram and Aegean Diver on uh, YouTube. Aegean is actually the Irish word for ocean. That's where I kind of came up with that. Yeah, promote the young divers. That's, that's really good. That's, yeah, I think yeah that's, that's, that's what it's about at the end of the day. Trying to find the next generation of people who are going to carry the sport forward, continue to advance and continue to explore. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Thank you. You've been brilliant. Thank yeah, you. no, it's been, a, you know, for young divers, that's probably a, a real good listen, yeah, to hear someone so young, yeah. so passionate about it as well. It's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we'll keep right. in touch anyway. We've got your yeah. email and, yeah, you're on Instagram, so. All right. All right. Lovely. All later. right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Have a good day. All right, you too. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. So, an incredibly inspiring young man with a great future ahead of him and such a passion for encouraging more youngsters to try diving, which is so, so important. If you have any questions for Bren, then either contact Ian or myself at the Big Scuba Podcast via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or just email us. Bren does have an Instagram page called Young Scuba Divers, so look him up and give him a follow. We have episode 17 coming out shortly to coincide with World Ocean Day on the 8th of June, and this will be exclusively for our Patreons. We chat to Jill Hyneth, the Canadian cave diver, underwater explorer, writer, photographer and filmmaking. Again, an amazing guest to talk to. If you wish to listen to the episode, then please go to our Patreon site and subscribe for as little as $2.00. The website is www.patreon.com forward slash the big scuba podcast. 
Check out our new look website at thebigscubapodcast.com and do sign up for our newsletter and also subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links are on the website, so it's nice and easy. If you sign up before the end of June, you'll be entered into a draw to win a Big Scuba Podcast hoodie. Thanks again for all our friends of the podcasts and Ian and I really look forward to hearing from you soon and we'll catch up with you in episode 17. Goodbye. But guidelines have been